Re-Evaluate. A 20-minute BS-free conversation with real estate movers and shakers. And your host, White Rock CEO, Jordan Gerard. Welcome to Reevaluate, the 20-minute real estate podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Gerard, co-founder and CEO of What Rock AI. Never heard of us? It's okay. Let me introduce ourselves. What Rock is a software for the commercial real estate middle market. We build technology using primarily artificial intelligence to generate commercial real estate data previously unavailable and predictions. We are your data science team and help you understand what moves the market and what to look for, thereby increasing alpha. In the second episode of Reevaluate, I am thrilled to speak with Justin Ehrlich, managing partner at Churchill Real Estate. Churchill's story is fascinating. They grew from $300 million in AUM to $6 billion in AUM today in only five years. Their team is A+, and I know this firsthand because I worked at Churchill. In this conversation, Justin talks about spotting billion-dollar business opportunities, hiring top talents, using data, and what it takes to build one of the fastest-growing real estate funds in the U.S. Enjoy. I want to talk about your transition from V Equities to Churchill first. You founded V Equities, a prominent real estate development firm that has built some of the most iconic resi buildings in New York, you know, 11 Northmore, 250 Bowery, 257 Water Street. And then you saw probably in 2012, 2013, an opportunity in the lending space. And you founded Churchill in 2012, 13 with Saurabh. How did you spot that opportunity? What gave you the clues to believe this was going to be the space you wanted to be in? The reason why I transitioned into the credit space was in 2012, 13, land prices started skyrocketing in value and foreigners were really bidding up the price of developable land. And there was not a lot of capital available for bridge loans or construction loans. And I saw that the foreigners as well as the mid-sized developers were willing to pay outsized returns for the bridge loans and construction loans. So I knew Sarab, who ran the credit department at Onyx, which is a large Canadian private equity shop. And him and I came out of pretty successful careers at each other's ventures and saw the opportunity to lend in the bridge and construction lending space in New York City. And we started putting our own capital to work really as just like a family office. And the opportunities started to quickly outpace our own capital that we had available. So we explained the thesis to a bunch of large asset managers and they believed in our thesis and Churchill was off to the races and we were able to capitalize on a moment in time where a lot of the banks and bridge lenders were not in that space. And we did around $2 billion of transitional loans between 2013 and 2018. So, and then you know, a lot of competition came in and drove pricing down to where the risks and returns didn't make sense. And, you know, we saw an opportunity to go into a different segment of the real estate market, which we could talk about. So you guys are killing it. So if you go back to 2016, 
when I joined, you know, I worked for you for, for a certain amount of time. Joined Churchill, there was what, approximately $300 million of deals allocated in New York City, you would say? Yeah, probably. Okay. And so what was it like at the beginning of the firm to find new deals, go to, you know, get more money out? How did you find the opportunities, you know, locally and, and the yeah. folks you were working with? So both Saurabh and I had a focus on the New York City real estate market for approximately 20 years. So our reputation and our knowledge of who was in the business and who was active was pretty deep. So we knew a lot of the developers that were being sought after by foreign capital or trying to take advantage of the run-up in pricing, you know, the condo pricing. So they started to buy land and develop it. But the one thing that was lacking was the capital. So it was pretty easy early on in the 2014-15 time to really almost get any deal that you wanted to get because there was no other capital that was competing on this bridge space. You know, we weren't competing against the Blackstones or the very large guys. We were in the middle market space, the sub hundred million dollar market space. And once again, it was just a moment in time where the banks had really pulled back from the GSE and a lot of the bridge funds weren't in play. So we had pretty much the market to ourselves. That's great. And so here's my favorite part. We said 300 million of deals in 2016. Now, fast forward four years, it's 2020. Churchill has originated about a billion dollars across 1,300 residential loans. And that same year, you guys raised $2 billion in capital from the fourth largest bank in the world, Mitsubishi UFJ, making you by far the fastest growing lending fund in New York and in many states in the US. Like, what happened? You know, can you talk us through the business opportunity in 2020? And how you guys scale from 300 mil to several billion dollars? Well, I would say that it started in 2018 when Saurabh and I met our partners, Travis Masters and Derek Land, who were running U.S. assets at NAN GLG, NAN Group, which is the largest publicly traded hedge fund. So we had a warehouse line from them. And one of their vehicles was residential transitional loans meaning business purpose housing. So fix and flip, condo inventory, one to four family houses that are being renovated to be either rented or sold, anything really residential that's short duration. And they came to us and said they really wanted to be owners of a company and not work for a large conglomerate. And we said, okay, we'll put up the capital to seed the venture. And the reason why we saw that is, once again, I was telling you that in 2018, the market became extremely frothy and a lot of capital came in driving the price of bridge and construction loans down to rates that just we didn't think were risk adjusted and leverage was just being provided at silly, silly leverage points. And we saw the ability to diversify by buying or originating these short duration residential business purpose loans and trading them. So we would buy them from originators or originate them for 9% and sell them to aggregators like big like Blackstones and the big giant mortgage REITs for 6%. So we would make a three-point spread and we would turn the money basically every four days and we would make three points literally every few days. So it was an incredible business. And once again, quickly outpaced 
Saurav and my own capital, we quickly went out and raised money. We saw the opportunity. Really, we're able to take advantage of just going out and hustling and talking to originators all over the country and buying their product with Travis and Derek's experience and reputation, similar to Saurav and my reputation in the New York market in 2013-14, you know, trying to get new business. So Travis and Derek had an amazing reputation and were like the forefathers of the residential transitional lending space and doing, you know, the first CLO, the collateralized loan obligation at Wells Fargo. So they had an enormous amount of experience and understood credit and the players in the market. From there, one of the vehicles that Travis and Derek ran at Man Group, which I told you about, was the warehouse lending and had an amazing relationship with some overseas asset managers and banks and pension funds, insurance companies. And we flew over to Japan and raised $2 billion to continue that strategy and providing lenders with leverage. Basically, anyone that's doing short duration, transitional construction loans of residential property, we will lend them you know, basically up to 80% of their loan amount at you know, rates as low as L250. So we're extremely accretive to lenders around the country's you know, lending platforms. And the, the capital has been extremely sought after. And we're just, I think, great at what we do. So that has ballooned up to over $4 billion now. We have over $6 billion of assets under management. So it's been an amazing ride. And you know, we're doing um, our first CLOs now, where we have a $300 million CLO that we're doing with JP Morgan Investment Management. We're doing another one with a very large Wall Street bank where um, we're going to be putting in all this residential transitional lending loans into it and hopefully getting the best spread we can. So, you know, we're locking in. We're definitely seeing an increase in interest rates going to happen. So hopefully the fact that we've fixed our interest rate over the next three years with these securitizations will be extremely competitive in the RTL lending space. Wow. That's amazing. So the growth in AUM that you're talking about also means a growth in people behind running the business. Now, you know, you went from a team of six, of which it was part of 2016, to a team of 50 plus people. What does it take to yeah, run a business? We have 120. 120. We have over 120 so. people that work for us now. Wow. So even, even more than I thought. And yeah. so what does it take to grow a team so fast across now multiple offices across the country? You know, what, what does it take and what's the hardest part of running the business with the people? So we have offices in New York City, Charlotte, California, and Tokyo, Japan. It takes an enormous amount of communication, business plans, and budgets. And you have to be extremely disciplined. And every single morning at 8 a.m., myself and my three other partners get on a call and go over the previous day or the current day's activities, itinerary. So we're really on top of our issues and what our planning is and our constant communication with all our offices. And we have managers that we trust and pay for and are very lucky that we have best-in-class people that have believed in us and in our um, business model and are helping us execute. That's great. Well, I know one thing is, you know, as, as serious as you can be, you're also really fun to work with. So I can understand why people want to work with you guys. So are you guys planning in 2022 to raise more capital? Because it seemed that you are on this uptrend where, you know, sky's the limit. What's the plan for 2022 to 
River Raising standpoint and maybe other businesses that you're looking at? Yeah. We just raised approximately another billion dollars for whole loans, which is going to be large loans like construction loans for multifamily assets. We're lending in like the sixes up to what's called 80% leverage, debt yields, like two above cap rates upon stabilization, very formulaic national platform. So that's a really big focus of ours. And we are going to be continuing to raise capital for the build to rent space where people are building housing communities for rent or for sale around the country. So they buy the land, they do the horizontal improvements, and then they build vertical the houses or you know the townhouses or whatever it is. That's going to be a really big push for us. Absolutely, we're going to continue to raise capital. There's the U.S. housing market is the largest and most liquid market, I believe, in the world. And we have a housing shortage in the United States. I think that housing prices are, there's still a lot of room for growth. And I'm really excited about the opportunity. For sure. And so I want to talk about data for a minute because you've always been very data-driven, but now that you're a national company, mm-hmm. effectively a national company with an office in Japan, you have to look at data more carefully. It's obviously something that's, you know, I care a lot about because of WhatRock. So what's your data processes? You know, how do you work with data? And can you talk maybe more about your internal data platform, which I believe has helped you guys grow? Um, it's been a big part of, of that growth. So we are, or I am, and we are lucky enough to have a partner his name is Travis Masters, who was a SAS Institute graduate who worked the SAS Institute, as well as is extremely proficient in coding of Python and the blockchain and just really understanding algorithms and collecting data. He actually built, while he worked at Wells Fargo, the risk management software at Wells or helped to build as well as built the platform for Man Group. And then when he came over to Churchill, he built a 3.0 version. And we've collected data since they started in the RTL space since I think 2010, 11. So we have housing data from all around the country on sales prices, construction costs, pretty much growth of inventory There's so much data that's being looked at by our technology that's all being sorted through AI and technology that truly I don't even understand. However, Travis created it, and it's pretty incredible that allows us to make credit decisions very quickly. And we um, are probably a leader in the data space because of his ability to understand and how to code. We have probably about 20 coders on staff that are helping continue to build out our software, our investor relations, our credit, pretty much our green light memos, every single thing. Every day we're getting data that's uploaded that's helping us understand local markets and make decisions. We've recently invested in a blockchain company to help us tokenize all of the mortgage documents. So we're going to have it all in one place. The fact that we trade and securitize these mortgages, it's extremely important to know that you have all the collateral. And usually the collateral is kept in a custodian. However, we'll know that all the documents will have 
you know, stamped original documents that are kept on a token. And it'll be very simple to trade those tokens because we'll know that the underlying collateral was there. And we're planning on hopefully creating a marketplace shortly to trade these tokens. And we love data. We'll continue to invest in data and it's critical in our business. Wow, it's amazing. I certainly can tell that I saw your canopy platform, you know, working probably a year and a half ago, two years ago. And you know what it could do back mm-hmm. then was already pretty spectacular. So can't imagine what it's doing today. Last question for you as I wrap this up. Any investment advice for 2022? If somebody has $100,000 or a million dollars, what should I do with it? I think the writing's on the wall that we're, inflation is hitting us pretty hard. I think if you're going to invest, it should definitely have a hedge in mind. I think if you're going to buy something now, lock in the low rates as long-term as possible because they are going to go up and try and take advantage of increasing rents, you know, try and pick markets where the rents you know, have room to grow and you'll have an arbitrage opportunity. So if it's in the multifamily space or whatever space, I think right now it's hedging inflation and taking advantage of the low rates and hopefully inflation on rent. Great. Well, if it's a multifamily investment and somebody's looking for trend data, White Rock can certainly provide that. All right. Well, Look, yeah. Justin, it was great to talk to you. You know, as I said earlier, you're a really fun guy, but you're also certainly one of the most driven and hardworking investor that I know. And, you know, it's paying off, which is amazing to see. So congratulations on the progress, you know, and I hope to see you for coffee very soon. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Justin. Thanks for listening to Reevaluate, the BS-free conversation with real estate movers and shakers. For more information or the podcast transcript, visit whiterock.ai. See you next month.